Wins lunch. Wins lunch. Wins lunch. Welcome back to Wins Lunch, everybody. My name is Spencer. I'm the number one host of this podcast. I'm Matheson. I am the fan-voted number one host of this right. podcast. It's, uh, Matheson, it's, uh, I'm, I'm excited. We, as you can tell, there's a third man here. Um, third man. <laughs> we have a guest. We have a guest with us today. Uh, he is a videographer. He's a podcast producer. He's he's everything in the book. Matheson, let's give a very uh, two-person small round of applause for our friend John Kilmer. Yes. Thanks, guys. John, how you doing, dude? I'm good, man. It's good to see you. Good to see you too, man. It's exciting. Um, we're very glad to have you. We, you know, I've been talking to you about this for a couple of weeks. Just excited to have you on. I feel like you you have such a wide knowledge of so many different things. <laughs> you do a lot of a, a lot of stuff. Um, yep, I'm a learner. You're a learner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, I, I first became aware of you through um, the artist formerly known as Mike Studd. Who's uh, thanks for throwing that in. Formerly known. Who's, who's yeah. just Mike now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. I, 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 you know, saw some of your video work and thought it was cool, but what really, really, really made me obsessed <laughs> was touring's boring. You want to hear something sad? Yes. We had to take it off YouTube pretty recently. All no of it? No way. Yeah, all of it. Why? <laughs> um, this, this was out of my control, obviously. It came from upstairs right um jesus <laughs> exactly <laughs> that was shall not tour um no it's uh with, with mike stud changing to mike obviously it's coming with a few strings attached right um, mike signing his first deal i can't really disclose with who yet um but with that it comes like a whole brand change right he was gotcha. very you know when, when he came out and for years he was very branded as frat rap party yeah which, yeah which is fine like it's you know that's that's how we started that was kind of like the sub genre we were put into and that we right. fit into it very nicely it gave us a very nice platform uh i do believe i'm the person who invented frat rap we'll get into that later <laughs> but i would love to <laughs> uh with with us all kind of growing old now into our 30s and mike old men <laughs> mike starting this new genre of his music mm -hmm. a, and we're just in a whole new climate now you know what I mean? Like, if you watch Touring's Boring, for those listening who never heard of Touring's Boring, um, to give it a little context, it was pretty much just like a... We were kind of YouTubers before YouTubers. We were uh, kind of documenting our lives on, on tour, and this is when we were playing in front of 300 people, 400 people, up until we were touring in front of thousands of people. So it kind of captured our life on the road. It was yep. a little bit of a mockumentary where we kind of poked fun at ourselves. It was kind of like the office, but it was also kind of like yeah. <laughs> just all like the, the mishaps and the, the ratchetness that happens on the tour bus. R Ratchet's a, a great word too. I think like yeah. it was, just, it was a big party, man. And we, I mean, I, I just became, I remember I became obsessed. I saw, I saw it on, on YouTube. Uh, and then I just watched all of them in a row. It was one of the first like vlogs I remember seeing. Yeah, years ago. yeah, vlog is and, the right word for yeah. it. Yeah, it, truly. It was yeah. a vlog kind of, you're right, before like there were a thousand vloggers. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Started, it started in 2012, I believe. Were you so, producing all the episodes and stuff? Yeah, we. I mean, it's kind of it kind of came about very organically. I mean, right when Mike started touring, mm -hmm. I was his main videographer and we didn't really have a platform or an idea of how were we going to showcase all of it online. Uh, and we kind of just started doing these 
I, it all started in Ithaca, New York in 2012. And <laughs> random, <laughs> random town. And um, we were just starting out. We were playing in like a shitty bar. Um, everything was going wrong. You know, like our, right. our DJ was our tour manager. Uh, there was like four or five of us that tra- traveled in the Sprinter van from city to city. Oh, we know that life. And, and everything was going <laughs> wrong. Uh, like the, our DJ, who was our tour manager, got wasted and like didn't get the check uh, at the end of the night. Oof. He lost the car keys. Um, like, oh, I've oh, seen this episode. Yeah, it's the very first episode. Yeah. And like right. everything's happening wrong. And the next morning, I just started like interviewing people. I'm like, hey, Mike, how do you think last night went? And he was like, oh, yeah, last night we crushed it. Like our DJs, our tour manager, he's like very responsible. <laughs> And then when we started like editing it together right. with like the sarcasticness of, and we're like, we're like, oh wait, we can kind of make fun of ourselves because like it's it's awesome. So yeah. it started like as a joke from your from your perspective. You yeah. were just like jokingly interviewing them, and we and just then, like kept stepping it up more and yeah. more and more. We we got to the point where like after tours, we would make these like fake mockumentary docu series about what our lives were like off tour, and we did it like we did it three years in a row. And we kept making it more and more ridiculous. That's so fun, and like, man. And people, like, and people loved it. It was like n- yeah. nothing that anyone was doing really in the music realm anyways. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I, I think like I think fan, like fans love to see that too. I oh, feel like yeah. maybe, you know, with, with your guys' brand, it was very much a culture. So I feel like with that added, they feel like they know who you are. Exactly, a that, lot. That's and that's true with uh, with anyone who does vlogs or in the, in right. the YouTube world. Uh, they feel like they know you because like you're just really putting your fucking self out in a platter. Right, and like you see that now uh, in our beer pong tournament, which we can get into later. But we had yeah. the no, uh, we, we need to talk about this. We had we had the Nuck Boys, and they're very famous YouTubers. Oh yeah, and like you wouldn't believe how intense their fans are. Just send it all the way. Like they, send it, send they it, send it, send love it. the like their fans love the Nelk Boys. They brought the biggest audience every night. Uh, their fans are just wow. completely obsessed with them, and like they they very much remind us of ourselves like five six years ago. Gotcha. Can I can I just ask? Was did I see this right? Was Johnny Sins in the tournament? <laughs> <laughs> was that uh, adult film star, top yes. adult film star, probably the number one, the, one male, uh, Johnny uh, Sins? Was he in it? Um, no, he wasn't in it. So I saw a video somewhere. So part of our, uh, that was a different thing <laughs> to, to get the listeners context. We, um, during this quarantine, we thought it'd be a fun idea to do a virtual beer pong celebrity tournament, nice. uh, which is the mouthful, but essentially it's, it's P, uh, celebrities who will play beer pong against each other on Instagram live merging together. And I know, I know it sounds oh. weird. It's hard to kind of envision it, but we'll split screens split screen and like they're playing it from their own home so they're playing essentially yeah. no, no one in person but that, that makes sense but they're playing other people so anyways that's how we set it up um we kind of threw it all together end up being you guys got some big names yeah end up being a lot yeah, bigger great. than we thought it was going to be we had a lot of big athletes we had uh, travis kelsey from the chiefs um uh, johnny manzel nice um but kane brown the Nelk boys kane brown mm-hmm. machine gun kelly uh a couple pitchers right? we had uh rob gronkowski uh, yeah, I mean the list goes on. Yeah. Would you like to share with us who won the uh, entire tournament? <laughs> we won the tournament. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure we know. We won, Suspicious. Our, we, we won our own tournament. And everyone was fucking pissed. Were they really? <laughs> Anyone that wasn't a Mike fan was like, "Yo, of course the of course the guys you started it won the tournament." But he's notoriously good at good at beer pong, right? Yeah, that's why we the did, best. That's why we did it because we take the game very seriously. But to right. answer your Johnny <laughs> Sins question, Johnny Sins, uh, he's a he's a ball like bald headed 
uh, white dude porn star. If you've you, seen him. Yeah, if, you've seen him. <laughs> you've seen him for sure. You've been on the internet. He's been in the game for at least 15 years, so like you've seen him. Um, <laughs> my idea for – I was in charge of all the um, the content for this contest. So my idea for marketing the the contest – or marketing the tournament was to use Cameo. You know that, that – Oh, yeah. Cameo. Oh my God, that's a great idea. Yeah. So, like, Cameo, uh, if you've never heard of it, it's just, it's, I mean, it's super simple. It's like a celebrity shout out. Yeah. Celebrities thing. are on there and, like, they have a price tag on, like, how much you need to pay them to give you any type of shout out under like the sun. 50 bucks. Uh, uh, it's different for everyone. So, oh, like, I think I've seen this. So, you can, like, it's like for like, like a lot of birthday things, right? Yes. So, uh, People use it for that, but I'm like, yeah. I'm going to use it to promote the Bellina Cup. That's what we call the tournament, the Bellina Cup. I'm not going to lie to you. I have 50 emails in my inbox right now from a couple people at Cameo that I have not responded to. Oh, are you on there? I'm not. I think they want to get me on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any shame in getting on Cameo. There's I, no, yeah. there's no shame for sure. Um, I've actually thought about it, and then when this quarantine happened, I felt bad about doing it because <laughs> I, like, I want to like donate and I don't oh, know. right. Yeah. But may, maybe someday. Um, so you use Cameo. We use Cameo to we to reach promote. out to a bunch of people to give shout outs to the Belina Cup to help promote it. Johnny's really good. That's a really Johnny good one. Sins was the wild card. Everyone was a little like hesitant about that one. I'm like, I'll just I'm like, dudes, I'll post it on my page. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a huge That's hit. Funny. It was a huge hit though. And um, he he hit like a funny bit. He's like, if you don't watch the Bellina Cup, I'm gonna come fuck your girl. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. I scripted that for him. <laughs> That's um, really good. But the other cameos we got because I, I I just like had a whenever I have a budget to do stuff like this, like I just go nuts. So like, oh, yeah. I got Johnny Sins, which was like the wild card. Some <laughs> of the more popular ones, we got uh, Thad Castle from Blue Mountain State. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Oh, show. I have yeah, seen Blue Mountain State. Yeah. Rise of Thad. Uh, Alan Richson, uh, Richinson, 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 I believe his name is. Um, he's on there, and I, immediately I'm like, oh, this would be perfect. Nice. So he asked Thad Castle, he gave like this awesome shout out to the Bellini Cup. Oh, perfect. Um, we got a... <laughs> a YouTuber, an older YouTuber named Shoe Nice. Have you guys heard of him? Yeah, he's the guy that eats all the stuff or drinks all the stuff. He right? like drinks bottles yeah. of liquor oh. at once and like eats weird stuff. Yeah, we've been fans of him for years. Uh, right, and he was on he was on Cameo for like eight dollars or something. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> eight dollars. So I'm like Shoe Nice, you're in, dude. <laughs> Here's eight bucks. Have a shout out. His uh, standards have to be so low in general because the yeah. damage he's done to his body, <laughs> where he'll drink like an entire yeah. liter of fireball. Please, please, please. If you've never heard of Shoe Nice, it's exactly how it sounds. It's one word Shoe Nice. Just look up YouTube it. It's worth the watch. You'll go down a oh, rabbit hole. Yeah, he drinks dude. an entire bottle of fireball. There's a lot of, there's a lot of discrepancy Everything. on whether or not it's real. And it, I have no it's idea. It's real. It's I, one million percent. There you go. One of dude, his, he's got a, I'll, I feel like you could have a real heart attack. Like you could, something crazy he, could happen. He does his uh, aftermath videos as well, which are also worth a watch. Just like, <laughs> just like crazy so stomach problems. His most famous video is he smashes a bottle of Absolute in eight seconds, like a main, like a regular sized bottle of Absolute. And I, I literally couldn't imagine. I couldn't he imagine. He films himself afterwards too, and he posts those of like an hour of him just like chilling, talking to the camera. After he does these it's challenges, just like, he just, uh, he's built for it, man. I mean, he's, his liver, he has to have two livers, maybe <laughs> just yeah. liver replacement every month. Yeah. So anyways, the cam great cameo. The, the choice, cameos though. were fun. The cameos were fun. We these also are good. These are, I feel like you have a, a specific knowledge of people like that and, it's, <laughs> and it works. <laughs> yeah. The event was a success. It was fun. Yeah. It looked awesome, man. You guys got huge You guys were donating the proceeds, right? As well. Yeah. We're, mm -hmm. um, it was a $500 buy-in for all the participants uh, minimum. So I, I assume they'll donate more. Most of them. Nice. Um, and it was 16 people. So, you know, do the math. We'll probably, you know, we'll probably get like 10,000 plus dollars. Um, pro Great. probably more, uh, honestly, it'll probably be a lot more. 
Um, I feel like if you win the Super Bowl, you'll yeah. I mean, I'll attend yourself. Athlete, <laughs> athletes are generally pretty well off, so yeah, yeah super generous and <laughs> nice. Um, Mike's like a little hesitant now because he has to collect everyone's money, and it's like a after he won. Every yeah, it's like hey, I, remember, oh, like, I kicked your ass. Hey, uh, dude, you still gotta pay the money. Hey, remember when you lost? <laughs> it was a bit moment. So yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was like it was for charity. We got a lot of brands involved. Um, That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was a good. What, for what you guys? was that press look that you got? Like New York Post or something? New York Post. Um, <clears throat> they posted it before we even started it or announced it because. Uh, Marcus Stroman, who's a good buddy of Mike's, he's a pitcher for the Mets now. Right. And he's just like, uh, he gets posted in the press when he fucking farts. So Yeah, yeah, he walks, yeah. <laughs> he tweeted Mike saying like, hey, I'll do your, your tournament. And then like it immediately was a story in New York Post. That's awesome. Mike just did a, a, a story with LA Times, I believe. That's crazy. Mike just did a story with LA Times. Now the tournament's over and just kind of uh, talked about it and everything. So that's going to come out soon as well. Dude. That's, that's a really so good idea. There. I mean, I've seen... Literally, no one do that. So that's. Uh, I think it, m- it might awesome. have been the most watched beer pong tournament ever. Like literally, probably <laughs> of all time. It was. Yeah. All, I mean, they had. The, you know, celebrities in it. It wasn't just like. Uh, right. Yeah. There's probably been like a really ratchet one on ESPN, like six or something. Yeah, they have a beer pong league that. Yeah, it's on like it's but on like the Ocho. Ocho. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> but there's so many big names, you know. Like I feel like that brought it. Like I remember I was watching. I, I watched a couple, but the I watched Mike and Kane Brown, and of course. I watched you body slam a table at the end. We'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but I but I remember looking and there was like 17,000 people watching. And I was like, that's wild yeah. for one game. 17,000? It was well, crazy. Our biggest one was... Uh, well, I mean, I th- that was that was live watching, by the way. Yeah. So I'm sure at the end it was like 120,000. Well, no, uh, it depended on who was participating. Right. but Because it was Instagram live, so people are hopping on based on who follows who. Right. Uh, but the biggest game was round one. Machine Gun Kelly versus the Nuck Boys, and it was oh, se- seventy thousand people, seven zero. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's great. So that's like that's like a that's like a, a that's football insane. stadium. It's, yeah, the Rose Bowl. Is that's the I Rose Bowl. <laughs> Just a table in the middle of the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that'd been great. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was definitely wide, widely watched. Uh, the social media, like having those accounts, made me feel bad about my own social media accounts because, like, I was <laughs> I was running those accounts as well, and we got verified after like three days. And I mean, we were getting like upwards of like 700,000 weekly page visits on our Instagram Damn page. Lord. Well, it's interesting, man. It's like such a cool thing. I it think it's a cool thing. I think it's ma- like, and what better time to do it during this? It was like, you know, it's something that you could do all year round, but this is legit the perfect time. Where I think it makes more sense during quarantine. I mean, uh, especially with the, the celebrity aspect of it, because I mean, athlete, celebrity can't do anything. The athletes have nothing to do, you know, like yeah. they, you know, their seasons are completely squashed. They can't even go work out. I know I, I I feel so bad like especially a lot of our buddies are uh, MLB players and like they're supposed to be you know s- playing right now the season's supposed to start <sighs> just right started now. like last week yeah, right? yeah opening yeah, day was day. like a week ago so I mean it's such a bummer you know, uh, I can't bummer. I mean I obviously I had a show canceled by it that was such yeah. a bummer but I, but you know but you should be grateful I mean their whole tours canceled you know? right I have friends uh, Billie Eilish had two shows and then. The rest, her seventy nine yeah. shows are canceled. Yeah, my yeah. buddy Modson, he uh, his right. whole tour canceled. Like that. he was, he really, he he in particular worked really hard on on like promoting that tour too. Mm-hmm. Modson's really dope. Have you have you heard of stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's really cool. It's great human being too. Yeah, cool. he is. He's happy. He's very like yeah, sunshine guy. He was on our podcast. I I, I recommend anyone to watch that because I mean he's he was battling with some rough stuff um, with 
just like you know substance abuse and stuff like that and he's been sober for a long time awesome and uh at the time of the podcast he was like a hundred and something days sober i imagine oh wow a lot higher now but yeah right. yeah yeah i mean he's he's a tremendous human being and he's you know he's battled some tough stuff and he's like just stayed positive throughout all of it um john is is one of the hosts and producer right of yeah yeah uh, you never know you know what i mean mm-hmm. the ynk podcast yeah uh, yeah, it's that's actually how that's why I reached out to you. I believe on Instagram was I was familiar with the like touring's boring, and I I'd like seen your stuff, and I was like, all right, dope, cool. And I think I even like followed you too, and then and then I started listening to the podcast. Um, my favorite podcast. There are no new episodes, so I was like, let's find a new podcast. Mm-hmm. And I just happened. I think I happened to see an Instagram post. I was like, yeah. let's just try it, and uh, I was hooked. I've listened to every episode sense and i think i dm'd you i was like dude your podcast is awesome let's grab coffee <laughs> thanks man yeah i know yeah, the podcast is fun actually uh it came at like a really perfect time about mm-hmm. 10 months ago especially for me because um especially with mike going through this transformation of uh from mike stud to mike and he's been working on his album for like two years at this point and wow. you know I, I, it kind of gave me almost nothing to do in the mic realm you know right like, you're not touring as much you're not we, shooting videos yeah we haven't toured we haven't toured in uh a year and a year and four months, maybe. Does that kill you? Yeah, you know it stinks. And uh, and you know when he's not making new music, there's no music videos. So like, yeah. you know, I I had like some tremendous downtime where uh, it's not always bad, but you know you want to wake up and have purpose every day. So sure. uh, when when he mentioned the podcast, um, it kind of gave me something to sink my teeth into. And you know, when now we're we're heading into tomorrow episode 42 so we're almost like a year into it amazing dude and we've had some tremendous guests uh we just had the great larry king dude i, I, I just saw listened that. To that that was wild yeah like god like talk about like, a weird turn of events with getting that interview you know right just so happens you know larry king has two sons that are very young they're uh, they're they're like 20 21 years old yeah uh they i think they play college baseball and they're huge fans of mike and just so happens Mike ran into one of them at Delilah or like a club one night and started talking and led to an interview with Larry King. So that's, well, that's awesome. Dude, it was so good. It was so cool to hear. Um, you know, I, everybody just knows who he is, but like his, he has such a great New York accent and mm-hmm. his voice. I mean, clearly that's like why he's been in the air for so long, but it, he, it was a beautiful, like he doesn't give a shit either. He doesn't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> awesome. He doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he just he had a, he had a stroke last year. Yeah, dude. Uh, he's in a wheelchair now, and like, it's crazy how sh- like I, when I heard that, I was like, "What the fuck?" He sounds and thinks wild. so sharply. Yeah, yeah, and he's eighty what eighty six, I believe. And he's con- they say he's conducted over sixty thousand interviews. Oh, <laughs> that makes me want to throw up all over the place <laughs> on episode sixty thousand. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and and just a bit of inspiration, like he um he said that he never he probably wouldn't have gotten into radio if he didn't run into like a buddy on fifth Avenue one day in New York, um, who like recommended wow. that he, you know, start doing radio, I believe down in Miami was where he started his career. And, um, I mean that conversation he said kind of changed the path of his life. So that's so crazy, man. Those yeah. like little tiny things really do. You know, that the same thing happened with, uh, with Dr. Seuss. I just read, we feature that on our podcast. Um, I probably heard that. I, I, I forget his real name. I'm going to botch it, but I mean, he, he was a he was a failed author, and no one he went from publisher to publisher, and like everyone thought his book sucked. He probably got like sixty rejections on his book, until one day he's walking down the street uh, in New York City, and he runs into like an old buddy of his who just happens to be working in like a publishing house, and he's like, yeah, he's like, oh, you're trying to shop your book? Come upstairs, like let's go take a look at it. 
and turns out they publish his book and he goes on to be Dr. Wow. Seuss selling 500 million copies today. Did, did I hear you say that like he said if I was walking on the other side of the road, it would have never happened. Or yeah, something. like that's so crazy. Isn't that insane? It's that dude. dude. There would have been no Dr. Seuss if he was oh forty Lord. feet away. I know, but that, I mean, that's just like I think that's a testament to just really never giving up and being persistent. Because like sure. you know, he could trusting he could have quit after you know thirty people rejecting him or forty five people rejecting him. But you know, he he got to that point where he was kind of hitting a dead end, and he had like sixty rejections, and then you know something. Something like he'd some throw up a bone, you know? Right. So. No, totally. I, I yeah. think, I mean, we've all had those things in our life for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, I think my, my biggest one was when I was going to go to the university of Cincinnati and then four days before I was like, ah, nah, <laughs> and it's the best decision I ever made. What changed your mind? Um, I, I had met someone who was in the music industry and, um, I asked them if they think that I should go to college. And she said, I, I can't tell you what to do. You got to like really dig deep and see what you really believe. And mm -hmm. I just went for it. And obviously it was, so you, so you didn't position. go to school. No college wise. I went to a few, I went online to Columbus state university. Mm -hmm. not, not, it's not, not great. <laughs> um, didn't do very well. Yeah. Went for, I think half a year. Mm -hmm. And then I also was working at all these weird jobs. And then I, uh, just never went back. Yeah, I can play devil's advocate here. Oh, you were in school. Because I, I did go to school. I, I mean, I didn't have a choice, but also I was grateful because um, my my grandmother paid my tuition, which is like such a, a blessing. You know? Shout like, out grandma. Yeah, yeah like if someone offers you a free education, I don't think you should ever turn it down. Personally, I think the money is like a huge factor because some people just, I mean, it's a lot of money, you know? Right. You get stuck with those loans for it's your life. It's way too much money. Trust me. So if you get the opportunity, <laughs> yeah, if you get the opportunity, like I, I think it's silly to turn it down. Uh, you know, it's four years, and for me, um, I was a film major, but like a lot of things sprouted in the music for me. You know, like right, hundred percent. I, I was, I was producing music since I was eighteen or nineteen years old, and having like a platform, like a college, you, you can find like-minded people your age who like the same things. And that can lead to some stuff, you know? So for me, by the time I was 22, like, you, you could go and say, like, I, I could have been further along if I never went to school. But, like, I I, I got introduced to some very like-minded people that really gave me a platform uh, for, right. when I, for when I got out of school. And, that, I mean, that's how I started working with people like Mike. Because and this is where frat rap comes into, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. That's this is where the, create, the evolution of uh, great, frat rap. Great segue, by the way. So I, well, I, you know. I got into music production because I started making music myself, uh, which I was kind of like a, a little like a little dicky before a little dicky. Great. I was very influenced by Lonely Island, uh, Ooh, Andy dude. Sandberg. Yes. Um, Funny music is the best, dude. Yeah, I mean that was my platform. I love rapping, but like I, I was never serious about it. And like I would make joke songs. My biggest jump off and the song that started frat rap, in my opinion, after remember the song "I'm on a boat." Yeah, of course. I'm on a boat with T Pain. Of, yeah, a hundred percent. We play it all the time. Three days later, me, my artist, my Irish name at the time, Jay Kill. <laughs> Great, <laughs> Jay Dash Kill. Very, very natural. My song, I'm in a frat. <laughs> um, right on YouTube, immediately on YouTube. Three days after, viral. I'm on viral. And but the, the the real the real kicker was that uh, within like a month of it being out, uh, I was in a fraternity at the time, and I had my Greek letters in the video, and like I was just oh, I was dude. viciously mocking frat life. You know, like I of course yeah. I wasn't being like oh I'm in a fraternity I'm cool I was making fun of it. Yeah, uh, and. the then I got all the way up to my nationals. I'm in the biggest fraternity in, in the world. It's like technically the most. So like the nationals are very, very like 
strict. Yeah. They saw it. They fucking, Dude. they axed it immediately. <laughs> Did you get in trouble or they just say take it down? No, no, no. They're, they're, first they told me to take it down. I'm like, okay, I'll, I got, I'm like, I can't figure out how to take it down. And yeah, because <laughs> views were lacking. You were yeah. seeing like, because, and you're like, yeah. So it got sorry. to the point where like, if you look at, if you searched, I'm on a boat, mine would be like, Two videos oh down. Oh my god! Oh, so wow. I was getting all those residuals. You know, there's so many residuals too. This was, I mean, God, I don't want to like say how old I am, but I got this was uh 2000, 2009 maybe. So like, like parody music wasn't a big thing. It wasn't, uh, yeah. And like making your own music and like doing parody videos and like putting it out like that wasn't really like too much of a thing back then in 2009 because it was harder to do it back then. Dude, YouTube was brand new at that time. Like yeah. people were just doing like yeah. weird computer covers. Yeah. And like, like I was obsessed I. with the SNL digital shorts and like the, all these Lonely Island videos. Like I was obsessed. Yeah. So I'm going to frat came out uh, at that time, like not a ton of white rappers at the time. Lil Dicky certainly wasn't a thing. No. Uh, Sammy Adams was just starting to be a thing. I remember these people. Before Mac Miller. This is pretty before Mac Miller. Uh-huh. Uh, he probably was too young at the time. In 09 or 08. Um, and Asher Roth, maybe? Yeah. Wow, I forgot about him. It was that song that I Love College, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like uh, that song kind of like they say birth frat rap or whatever. Whatever, I don't know. You can call it frat rap whatever you want. But I was legitimately in a fraternity. I made a song called I'm in a frat. <laughs> and I was like, you know. <laughs> Do you still have the video? Uh, yeah. it's uh, It got taken off of YouTube, but if you look at like funnyordie.com or like there's there's some other website I think. Okay, good. I think I, I think it still exists that. somewhere. Yeah, it needs to exist somewhere because if anybody ever calls your bluff, you need to be able to have your <laughs> proof. proof. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, look at this. Me. There's a timestamp. In any social setting, I do pull it up. Great. <laughs> love it. Yeah, I I do love that. That's oh, that's so fucking yeah, funny. Yeah, but that man. was I mean, that was a fun time for making music back then because I mean, now I feel like back then maybe too, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know, but I feel like there was a lot less pressure as well. It it was, you know, I don't remember it that well mm -hmm. like as I wasn't in the industry yet, so I just remember it being like almost like just people having more fun. And I feel like now there's so so many more artists in the game. So many more. True. And you're comparing yourself to more people. Um, Being an artist myself, I think I literally compare myself off the bat as well. Yeah. So it doesn't help. The big thing was that changed it was the accessibility and the ability to make your own music for a, a little amount of money. A hundred percent. I had my own home studio since, like I said, since I was 19. So like that was since... 2007 maybe dude i feel like nobody had that in 2007 yeah and it was like it was very rare and like i didn't right. have anything fancy but like it wasn't it wasn't common to have your own right studio set up back then midi controllers and like yeah and it, it, yeah stuff, it was super know? simple and mm -hmm. yeah exactly i had like a little keyboard midi and like a shitty mic and some shitty speakers yeah but like you know i took it with me to college and like it was you just learn. something it was something that like not a lot of people were doing like i was the dude at my school that had like a recording studio to the yeah. point where, like, I got, I went, I got into the fraternity at a fraternity right. house. I had like the recording studio in the fraternity house. It was, was like super cool. Yeah, to have this like studio little setup <laughs> in your room. Yeah, and like that's how I started working with people actually because like, yeah. I was the you know I, I was the guy. But now it's like it's super, and, and the same thing happened with the video. Like the trend in technology and video and music kind of followed suit. It just became like so cheap to get cheap like 4K quality video stuff. Yeah, it became so cheap to get like pretty good audio equipment to record yourself. So 100%. Now that's kind of that kind of birthed more artists and it just became so easy to get your music on Apple and and uh and Spotify. So Well like, dude, it's like yeah, I mean everybody always talks about this but you don't 
a label's great. I, I love being with my record label. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you're a certain kind of artist, you don't really need to have a record label to put out. I mean, you never have to have a record label to put out songs, you know? That's true. Yeah. yeah. There's a, do you want to pause for the plane or you want to keep going? Well, we're, we're going to just... pause for the plane, but I'm going to keep this in because we are, I, it's just a reminder that we're the exclusive and only podcast done on the balcony. And I'm proud. <laughs> I'm proud R- of that. Rigorously researched. Yeah. That we, there's no other podcast. I'm going to start a competing podcast called Balcony Boys. <laughs> with one guy, with one person. Which is me. Balcony Boys. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I remember, I remember like Lonely Island, like looking forward whenever the next Lonely Island video was going to come out. Like that was... Oh, and, the, and there they was no like a, you didn't know when it was coming. Like yeah, they were like, no yeah, idea. seven days till our next drop. Mm-hmm. Did you guys? This is kind of a non sequitur, but did you guys see the new Justin Timberlake Hot Ones interview? I just watched all? a piece of it. I didn't I see the whole thing. It. He talks about um, Dick in a Box, like how they made that for SNL. I think that song won a Grammy. Oh my lord! Or it might have an Emmy or something. Like, I, I just want you to know, I, I for Halloween last year, me and Maddie were Dick in a Box. It's the best. It's, it's the best costume in the planet. Oh. It was it's, great. We want you should watch it because the story. I don't want to take away from the interview, but the story is really wild because SNL wanted to cut it. They were just like, "Too like inappropriate." Do, it's a little racy. Yeah, yeah, you were like, "I don't know if you can like sing about <laughs> dick in a box." I think it would agree with me. And, and <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. It's the, the funniest Grammy <laughs> one of all time. <laughs> the irony of the situation was that it was it was Justin Timberlake who who really fought for it. Yeah, we need, we need this fact check looked yeah, at. No, oh, yeah, no, keep going. Sure. I'll look it up. But. No, it was just, it's just, yeah, I would have expected Andy Samberg or like any of those guys to be like, no, this is hilarious. Like we need to do it. And they were, I guess, I don't know if they were on the team of cutting it. I'm sure they weren't, but point being is that it was Justin Timberlake saying like, Hey, I love that. We like need to keep this in. Cause this is really, really funny. That's so funny and, that he would do that too. Yeah. Like and, the, 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 the artist, like the, the guy from InSync <laughs> wanted to keep that in. Well, and yeah, and that was which is the best. I mean, he was obviously also huge shout at the out time. to Insync. It won a it won an Emmy award for outstanding original music and lyrics in two thousand seven. Oh so it, it won an Emmy. <laughs> What's that award called when you win like three? Egot. Egot. Yeah. Yeah. It's on track. It's the dream. One out of four. <laughs> yeah, it's my dick well, in a gonna, box. It's so good. It's a catchy song. That's my go-to uh, uh, karaoke song as well. Oh, great! A- Akon and Lonely Island is. I just had sex, right? Yep. yep. That's a good one. I mean, they have countless hits. And our the three-way song is great. Oh, dude, it's With all Lady good. Gaga? Mother yeah, Lover. Lady Gaga. Mother, Mother Lover. Oh, Mother Lover. Susan Sarandon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could sing all these songs. They're just so fucking Yeah, good. it's all and they're all catchy, too. It's like not just like funny song. Did any of you guys catch the uh, the most recent Lonely Island in- installation on Netflix where they do like a musical about... I, know, I didn't see it. The, the Oakland A's or something? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, as Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. <laughs> and it's kind of like a musical slash like string of music videos that they made. I, I, I never As those characters. It. <laughs> Is it good? It's one of those things where you watch and you're like, oh, like if someone gives me an enormous budget and I can do whatever I want with it, like what's the most ridiculous thing I can do? You know, they were just like, let's just like... <laughs> They're like we, they're like we can do anything. Like they, you know, they have the track record where they can do anything. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think they're like, what's like the, the most ridiculous thing that we? So they made like what's a, the most deep cut thing? They're like, let's make a musical of like 
Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and you're watching it for a half hour. You're just like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, I don't, what? <laughs> it's incredible. I, I don't even know if it's still on Netflix, but it's, it's uh, really yeah, I think anything they do goes viral. So it's kind of, you know. Yeah. I love Hot Rod. It's so Hot Rod's one of my favorite movies. Stupid, right. and it's hilarious yeah. every time. Andy Samberg, one of his first films, yep. it might be his first film. Uh, who else is in it? Uh, before Bill Hader was really that famous. Dude, is Bill and, Hader and uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, Will Arnett is in it. No, the uh, the other guy uh, plays uh, the dad. He, he's bounding down. Kenny Powers. Oh, um, yeah, him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I know his name, and I'm so mad me, me that too. I can't I'm, say yeah, it right I'm now. Bra- I'm brain farting, but he's he's in freaking like the Righteous Gemstone. Danny McBride. Danny, Danny McBride, McBride. Thank you. One of his first films as well. Yeah. A, a such a funny guy. Yeah. Unbelievably funny guy. Yeah, Hot Rod. Definitely, definitely got to watch. You know, Hot Rod is a really great movie. It's really funny, but it's also beautifully shot. It's yeah. also like very yeah. aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's got I like that. I don't even know what, what vibe you would call that, but just like Dr- the whole, just dry, like cinematic. Well, I'm saying like it's almost like I don't know what ti- what time frame it's supposed to be set in, but like oh, everything's yeah, kind of old, and mm-hmm. I don't know. But it it's also has, right like, now. But it's yeah. also like, yeah, that was my favorite kind of. I films. love me too. I, do you do you watch a lot of Wes Anderson or anything? Uh, I would say a lot, but I mean, just like personally, like any any type of film stuff I try to make, like I try to keep technology out of it because I like to have like time ambiguity you know that's what i do too yeah. and cell phones just ruin every movie plot ever. i never have any cars beyond the <laughs> 80s or any any iphones or cell phones oh, right in your music video yeah no like technology a lot of turtlenecks lot, mostly lot turtlenecks <laughs> i, I will put out a video one day it, it might just be a teaser with just a wall of turtlenecks <laughs> if someone was like what, what's one word that would describe spencer's music videos i would say turtleneck right and yeah and i would agree with you <laughs> it's great brand yeah. time dude it is. Yeah, it helped with the brand for sure. Yeah, whoever, whoever does your videos, great job. Thanks, dude. Are we are we allowed to talk about touring's boring now that it's Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, I didn't know if that was Honestly, it's my life's off work. Brand. So. <laughs> because because <laughs> when we when we've admittingly so we've watched probably all of them together. Well, and so like so I think that like me and my videographer had watched them. Yeah. And then I think my videographer had shared them with Matheson. Yeah. And then we were over here actually. Mm-hmm. Talking about how bad we wanted to go on tour, and I was like, "What? Like, let's like watch some of our like tour vlogs." Yeah. And we watched them, and then we just kind of like you know transitioned over to watching Touring's Boring, and we watched them on AirPlay on our TV probably for like two hours. <laughs> well, and yeah, it, it's so fucking entertaining. It's so good. Well, and it's just it's, and Matheson's jealous at all the moments where you know there's just like one trillion girls. Absolutely. <laughs> and and he just he always turns to me and shakes. Well, and that's his what head. I was gonna say. And I and this is not negative towards anyone whatsoever, but we, we don't tour that way. Like, and most people don't. And I, and I, and I, again, <laughs> not like in a bad way, but we just like, we just have to go to the next city like immediately. Well, we will. Okay. And, so we like, haven't had a bus yet. Yeah. That is really the real thing. Right. Well, we, I mean, we, we were kind of doing that stuff when we were on the sprinter wave too. Right. I, I, I'm such a little baby with my voice though. Cause I, I, I <laughs> sing so high and like, yeah, I have to be so careful with my voice. That's right. Like, you don't have to. You're like, you're well, no, you're and belting. I'm just, yeah, it's just from an experience standpoint, like we just haven't really experienced that yeah. life yet. And there obviously is a lot of appeal to just like the, yeah, sure the party like aspect of everything like that. And mm-hmm. I guess, I mean, I don't even know if I have a question, but more of just like, <laughs> <laughs> what, I love it. what is that? Like, like, was there ever a point where you realize, like, did you ever have like a take a step back moment? Like, or was this it, life or was it is too insane? Fast? Or um, 
Because I sorry, yeah. but there's like one of the vlogs I remember seeing where you like you went off on your own. And you're like in this mysterious apartment, like drinking with dudes you don't know because you oh, were with just like, like with like frat guys, yeah, or and like, like college guys. you. Lo- I think you like tweeted out like, "Hey, who wants to party?" And you just like, yeah, that was actually uh, <laughs> that was last tour like a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and like I was old. I was like 29 at this point, so like I wasn't a young kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anything, like we've stayed the same on tour, but we've just logistically become like a little more uh, responsible, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, things are taken more seriously, but the partying kind of stays the same. Um, Dude, I love that though. I really love not growing up in some aspects. Yeah, yeah. So I never will. One thing we never really did was like, um, which we did on this last tour was we didn't really like put touring's boring into social media. Like touring's boring never had its own social media accounts until a year and a half ago, which I think is kind of crazy if you think about. Wow. It. Yeah. Because when we started, uh, Instagram was like just being invented when we started, and Twitter had only been around for about three years. Yeah, Twitter was like the thing. Like so, yeah. like people weren't really putting a ton of content out there like that. Uh-huh. So we never did it until a year and a half ago. So last touring's boring season, if you can call it that, is just all on our our handles on Instagram and Twitter. So I came up with like this bright idea where I don't really have a lot to do and like during the daytime when people like the DJ setting up and like the stage crew is setting up like lights and stuff like that. I don't have a lot to do. So I'm like, I'll just run and grab content. I'll set up like an after party, which will be hosted by a fan. Nice. So I'll put on, like, I get into a city and I'm like, all right, like, who's hosting, not after party, sorry, the pregame. Uh, I get into a city, I'm like, who's hosting the pregame? A fan will be like, I'll host it. And I'm like, cool, where's your address? Nice. So I'll show up to the address hours before the show. I'll tweet out the address and I'll be like, here's the pregame. Everyone roll up. <gasps> oh, Some cities was bigger than others. I love that idea. Some cities, like, it's so funny, like, some cities, I believe, like, uh, it was, where was it? I want to say it was, like, South Dakota or something. We uh, we rolled up. Deep cut state. <laughs> and, it, and it was kind of like a home like this, and it was, like, a guy living with his girl. And you could tell he's, like, a huge fan, and she's, like, kind of putting up with it. Yeah. And, like, I, and like he invites me over, <laughs> so probably funny. not knowing what it was going to turn into. Yeah. And I tweet out the address, and, like, 50, 60 people show up, like, to a home, you know, like, around this size. Like an be, apartment. It can like, be, like, very crowded, 50 or yeah, 60 people. 100%. And it turns into like this like huge shenanigan and like you could tell like the girlfriend slash wife was like very upset. She was just not in. <laughs> and uh, the yeah. whole time I'm like, I'm like, hey man, like, just give him some slack. He's just trying to have a good time. Like we'll, I'll, I'll pay for a cleaning crew tomorrow. Like I got you covered. <laughs> give your, give your man like a little slack. But yeah. We, yeah. We were just going city to city, like, you know, throwing all these pregames, which is a blast. Yeah, I bet. It kind of made things difficult for me because I had like, I start drinking, you know, Four, four in the afternoon until four. Showtime, you're like out of here. <laughs> yeah, it's a good twelve hours of drinking, which is kind of tough, but oh, it's all right. We we hold, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we we hold drink, drinking very true to our heart. Um, <laughs> we got to a point where also on the last tour, we turned our DJ booth into like a, a workable tap with a with a with a I keg. That's my favorite. So like part of our rider. Uh, was kegs was a keg, yeah, like a pony keg, like a half keg, which is so like you were 60 pouring beers. drinks on stage. Yeah, the DJ was. He was just DJ, and then like it- oh, everyone. Yeah, it's the yeah. So there's just a workable tap on the top of the DJ booth. So like you know, you could just pour yourself a beer. That's we so had this cool. fun contest where uh, we'd bring fans up on stage, and they would try to drink as many beers in succession as possible. Yeah, and we'd hold <laughs> like a you know like a leaderboard on the tour. We uh we had a guy that drank six beers in a row. Like, like back to back, yeah, right? yeah, back to back, yeah. Uh, that's dude, a they, lot. Yeah, not even like like obviously it's a lot of alcohol, but oh, like liquid. Beyond liquid, that, it's yeah. so much liquid carbonated. Like, 
Yeah, and like there were true twelve ounce pours, you know, like maybe more. God. And uh, good for him. Some would call it irresponsible, Shit but house. I call it innovation. It's <laughs> <laughs> a quote right there from John Kilmer. <laughs> I love that yeah. dude. I have a, I have a huge, I, I need this story. I know the story. You've mm-hmm. told the story to me. Mm-hmm. I need you to hear the story. I need everybody to hear the story. I'm Tell us your affiliation with the blue man group. <laughs> or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wrote about this. So to answer your question, sorry, a while ago, and I'm not going to get off the blue man. I'm going to say, we have to, to answer your question about like taking a step back and like realize what's yeah. happening in my life. I started around 2015 when I moved to LA, I started journaling slash just writing about my experiences okay and that was a great exercise of you like, still do that yeah to this day it kind of slowed down once i got a girlfriend but <laughs> right <laughs> lot of stuff to write about as things do <laughs> um but it, it got me to take a step back and like realize you know what life is and like how i'm because not not only what's happening but how i'm kind of perceiving it as it's happening sure and just processing it and stuff like mm-hmm. that and it's fun to read back so part oh, of, yeah part of this th- part of the things i wrote about was when we moved to Studio City in LA for the first time, uh, easily like the biggest house we've all lived in, uh, you know, individually. The, and, the and, ranch, am I and right? Collectively, yeah, Stevenson Ranch, which is now <laughs> we call it. Um, and once we moved there, I probably, it was probably like a year or so of like me being single in that house. Mm-hmm. And man, I was just like, I was ripping up the whole Bumble scene um, <laughs> and like being able to like ambiguously go on Bumble and like go on these dates and not really giving away too much what you do, how successful you are. And then completely like lying and bringing a girl back and saying it's your house when really you're sharing it and (laughs) your buddy's picking up most of the tab. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But part of the whole um, ruse, I guess, on my Bumble profile was saying that I was an ex member of the Blue Man Group, (laughs) which is a lie. (laughs) Uh, not true. I never was a member of the Blue Man Group. <laughs> I have attended a few what a great shows. Idea. And well, it goes deeper. Yeah, people okay. always ask like, like John, John, like, how do you like, you know, like, what's your secret on Bumble? And I'm like, just say you were a past member of the Blue Man Group, <laughs> and the rest will take its course. Okay. Um, and like, obviously, that's like that's an an incredible icebreaker. Yeah. But yeah, you have to be able to back it up. Sure. If someone's if a girl's gonna come to a date and say, wait, were you actually, and you have to say, yeah. And then a, a, lot, of, a lot of questions are going to follow after. You have to have some information. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be prepared, which I, you know, I'm, I'm quick on my feet. I did my due diligence. And <laughs> even if it comes to a lie, I'm just going to lie about it. Cause what are they going to fact check? Hold on, hold on. Right. John, how much does the blue man group uh, get paid? You know, it's actually pretty interesting because it's actually a seniority system where there's actually around 20 to 25 blue men per city and they have to work in rotation. And once you're hired, you're not actually getting that many gigs per week. You have to work your way up. You have to wait for people to drop out. And per show, you're only off Broadway. You're only making 200 to $300 a show. So if you're only getting booked once a week, it's not, not a lot of money. So you really got to kind of duke it out. It's a really cutthroat system. You see what I mean? <laughs> wow. Blue man. It's a deep cut. It's a deep cut. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a great... It's a great icebreaker for sure. It's harmless, right? I'm not, am I, am I doing the wrong thing? No, that's, that's like <laughs> a very, like, that's, that's a very trolly, it's a very good joke. There were some things, however, that. There's know. nothing, it's not like you're lying about, like, you're not even, like, you're, you know, you're saying you make $200 to $300 a week. You could say that you're like a, a, a world famous gambler and you have 
billions of dollars, but yours is very innocent. If you were like the Blue Man Group saying you were a former member of the Blue Man Group and then murdering these women, that would maybe be <laughs> yeah. That might not, be like that might be bad. That's yeah. I'm not even going to go as far into. I wouldn't it, do it that to bad. the Blue Man Group. First of all, <laughs> first and foremost, they've done too much to. They've done too much for me. I, I'm just like writing them thank you notes every every winter. Did, were, did you ever get? Did it ever catch up to you? Did you ever get caught or? No, never, never. Okay. Do you know what the next step is? What's that? You need to shave your head, and we need to do a photo shoot. Yeah, <laughs> like on a stage. And it need, we just need to. It needs to happen. I have the I drums. Know. I can provide the instruments. There, there, so. are, there have been girls actually, like who you know, like time had passed, and they're like, "Were you actually?" I'm like, "No, I lied to you." Oh, so you've like become <laughs> friends with? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I came clean with a few of them, but I mean, there were well, f- not all of them though. <laughs> there were far more like sick and calculated things I did. Like, we all have on man. On, uh, on my bumble dates that were worse than the Blue Man Group. Yeah, Blue Man Group is hilarious. It's a great, it's a great story. And now I know you have a girlfriend, but you know, if you didn't, then the story of pretending you were in a Blue Man Group <laughs> to people is now your new icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Yeah. Well, for for a while now, um, not anymore. But uh, I met I met my girlfriend because she actually like had she had come to a lot of concerts in the past, and like mm-hmm. I was like I was just friends with her friend group, and she, uh, whenever we went to Iowa. Um, she had oh, like, she's from Iowa. Yeah, she had a great friend group, like four or five people, and like they'd always come out to the shows every year, and like they were just like really cool people. So, I had known her for a while before we started dating, but actually, like, a, a thing I did once I hit probably the age of like twenty seven, twenty eight, I just started blatantly lying about my age on tour. People <laughs> would ask, they like, "How old are you?" I'd say like two or three years less, without a doubt, every time. I don't know why. It's just a thing people do, I guess. Maybe I was self-conscious about being in my late 20s and during my 30s. I don't know. But it got to the point where, like, before we were dating, but when I started, like, seeing my now girlfriend for, like, <laughs> mo- like a couple months maybe, like, a month or two, like, she she referenced something about my age. And I'm like, I'm like wait, how, how old do you think I am? <laughs> She's like, 27, right? I'm like, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Here's, <laughs> I'm actually 29. Here's the thing. <laughs> what, was she was she shocked? Yeah, I mean, not mad because it was too early in the relationship. But, it is, but it's weird because you start dating this person and then you don't even know their age. <laughs> yeah, it's like who are right. you? Like, wait. She's like, what else are you lying about? Well, the Blue Man Group thing. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you lying about? I, I'm a felon. <laughs> I'm. They're looking for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I try to be no, try to be more truthful now in my life. I have, I have one more touring is boring question. Okay, but he's obs- he, we are obsessed. With I love it, dude. I'm, obs- think- I'm obsessed with it. It's honestly is my life's work. It's good. It's this a good. A, life it's work. actually a pretty serious question, but and because it was such a wild party and just like and obviously just watching it third person, it just seems like this insane thing. And you obviously seem like a guy that like he seems like you have your head on straight. You're a smart dude. So I, I'm just wondering if like at a certain point, if you if some of it started becoming calculated because you realize that this is a marketable thing. So being an intelligent guy, were you like, we need to get hammered tonight because it's going to be funny tomorrow. I would say the last tour Mm -hmm. was calculated. Yeah. Um, Because I was older and like, I was thinking about stuff like that. Yeah. Before that, I was too young and drunk to calculate anything. Yeah. You know, it was calculated. But you were still smart enough to film. It was you know? calculated after the fact when we were doing like these little, uh, what are they called? Uh, not interview, kind of interviews, confessionals, right. I Talking guess. Talking head thing. Yeah. And like we'd do them after the fact. Like yeah. we would review the footage of like what drunken me got that night 
And we'd be like, how can we turn this into a story? Mm -hmm. And then we would do like funny interviews and we'd kind of arc it into a story. Yeah. But as I was filming back then, like I wouldn't, I would just make sure the camera was rolling. I think that's the magical part is that you're trashed out of your mind and you're still filming. Yeah. I think that's why you got as much good footage as you got because you did. Yeah. You just didn't turn it off. And how I broke a lot of camera equipment. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Well, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, it was so, I mean, you guys were obliterated, so there was no choice but to be genuine, you know? So it was like people yeah. were seeing. There's some magic in that. Yeah. When, you, when you, I think there's some cool stuff about calculating it and like knowing what you're doing, but also like when you're, especially when you're that age and you're just doing it, you're right. It's so genuine. Well, there's nothing to, I'm not like saying that being calculated is bad. I was saying that from a positive standpoint. Right. Like I mean, you were yeah. smart enough to realize that this is a marketable yeah. thing. And it was humbling. Like no one was trying to be cool. Right. Yeah, like yeah. if something embarrassing happened to you, great. It's featured on the next tour yeah. board. We're going to highlight it. <laughs> And we're sure. we're gonna tear it into the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was fun years though. Best job I ever had. Oh, it's best, so it's best so job. It's, it's still going on. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, true. ultimately, it ended up turning into a TV show in 2016. Right. Called "This Is Mike Stud," uh, which a lot of people didn't see. It was on a small network. It sounded like that horn bleeped <laughs> bleeped you out. <laughs> <laughs> <This> is, <laughs> yeah, this is Mike Stud. But it, I mean, that was a whole experience on its own too, because yeah. you know it's. It essentially was the same premise, but you had a whole film crew following you on tour. Yeah. Did they have? Did they travel in their own bus? Yep. Oh, it, so cool. They had their own production bus. Um, Very cool. I got to stick on as a camera operator and a star of the show, which was fun. Yeah. Because um, I got to still do what I do, and they got to use my footage. Um, and it, it was like that. for me, it was a fun experience. For Mike, it was a little hectic because he had to deal with. I mean, he had his. He was dating a new girl at the time, and she she was touring with us, so he had to deal with like a girlfriend on tour and a TV right. crew on tour. It's probably hell for him. Well, it's hard too because being on tour is work enough. You never have a you can't sleep enough if you're the one performing, especially. Exactly when you <laughs> when getting sleep is like your number one job. When like the tour is your name, yeah, like, yeah. If you're me, it's like you can fuck off a little bit, right? <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. right. It's, yeah. That's what he does. He fucks off a lot. Yeah, no, I do not. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that, but the TV show is fun. Uh, it's still, I actually got like a pretty high rating on imdb.com. I got like an eight out of 10 or something, which is hilarious. Cause like I see it and I just see us being idiots, but uh, it was, <laughs> it was very well done. And like a lot of, a lot of reality TV and it can be skewed and, and, uh, it can be fake in a lot of ways. I think that show is super genuine. That show was, uh, well, we made sure it was genuine. And the reason we did it with a smaller network, it was on Esquire Network, which is no longer a network. It was, uh, but it's like a sister, sister network of um, NBC. Mm-hmm. And we went, we signed with that network because they just gave us all freedom, pretty much creative control as cool. far as what gets put on TV. Yeah. Cause I feel like that show could have also sat on MTV. Well, we could have done um, it. We, we, we could have done it with MTV too. That was around the time Mac Miller had his uh, reality TV show. Yeah. But I, I could see them. I have no idea, but I could see them being pretty strict with like, yeah, you don't get creation. creative control with reality TV. Like it's not a thing. Right. So the fact that we got that, which is why, is why we did it. Cause yeah, for sure. Mike stud could have easily been Jersey shore and his music career could have essentially just been, ruined you know yeah i would have been known as that that's true he would have never been taken seriously ever again so um we ended up getting a show that was authentic it was funny it was us um at the time i was the only single guy in the crew i think when the show was shot so a lot of interesting things of me on there i watched it with my parents which i soon regretted a lot of motorboating it seems (laughs) yeah like intro credit motorboat yeah um 
but it was a fun show. I re- it's called This Is Mike Stud. It's on iTunes. You can rent it. Again, I, I highly suggest you watch it's, it. It's a very enjoyable watch. What, whether you're in the touring industry or not, it's a very it's a fun watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about all that kind of stuff. We were talking about this other, like I guess it was kind of a couple weeks ago, but literally just like those movies, like Super Bad and like different movies like that. I just immediately I'm like I'm ready I want to, Project I'm ready to X. <laughs> I just want to go. I like want to go party every time yeah. I watch Super Bad or well, like the new Motley Crue movie, The Dirt. Oh, dude, I wanted to go party I'm so like, bad. I'm like I need to do heroin so yeah. bad. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I need a drug addiction immediately. <laughs> um, that movie does. Oh God, this could be a whole other podcast, but that movie just did not do the book justice. You're a huge Motley Crue. You're a huge rock, hard rock fan, right? Like you, you, you're a Journey fan. Uh, it's sort of Journey, but I'm I'm more so. A, a rock autobiographies and memoirs got me into reading. So I've read, oh. I've read just like all the, the great rock autobiographies. Have you read the Anthony Kiedis one? I did. Yeah. Scar tissue. That's a really good one, right? Yep. I, I highly recommend that one. Yeah, I've um, read a little bit of that. The dirt is like, I just like the dirt because it's very reminiscent of just kind of us, uh, me and my buddies touring, you know, it's totally kind of just like, especially when we were younger. Uh, I, I think when Miley crew was popping off, they were like in their tw- like 20, 21. They were uh, very, Tommy Lee was a mad man. Yeah, he, I mean, they're they're kids, and they turn into millionaires. And, I, yeah. I really I get it. I liked the Netflix movie, The Dirt. Mm-hmm. I I never read the book, but I could see how like, I could see how it wouldn't do it justice. I I feel like it, maybe part of it was, and I thought, by the way, I thought MGK killed it. I thought he was so dope as an actor. I was so surprised. I didn't know it was him. He did good. Um, the movie overall was like a little, a little bit cheesy, but I it's, yeah, it's a little Netflix. I get they wanted to make it mainstream like i get it 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 makes sense that's fine like i want more people to watch it than less people to watch it because it's just an important story (laughs) i I didn't know any of that before i watched it (laughs) and like the not to spoil it too much but like you know in the intro credits a girl squirts across the room which is how the book starts and like right after that after that i'm like all right you have my blessing like if if you (laughs) were if you were going to put the girl squirting in the opening credits you would not have my blessing but you have my blessing you have my blessing Um, (laughs) but the book the book just is like (laughs) <laughs> from start to finish it's just like a tremendous story and fitting it into an hour and a half movie just is not possible so they skipped a lot of stuff the story wasn't like a hundred percent accurate uh it should have probably been like a series on hbo or right it could have been Showtime like a six episode even thing. longer it could have been yeah it could have been like a very long series and it would have been and it could have been done a little more artistically and cooler and edgier but they did it and a lot of people watched it uh, it's good to get it out there in the and, world. And Motley Crue then came out saying that they're going to go on tour now, which I have tickets to. Very psyched. What and, is that? Not uh, sure. They're, oh, yeah. It doesn't start till the summer, so I'm hoping it doesn't get postponed or canceled. But the tickets I have are for the – it's in the new Ram Stadium um, for September, so I think that'll be a go. I think September is going to be totally cool. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I think you're going to be rocking. And September. they're touring, but the fact that they can sell out a stadium tour—I mean, they're doing like two nights at Fenway Park in Boston Hell yeah. for Motley Crue. Like they haven't been on tour in like five, six years. Could and you? How many people is Fenway? It's a, a baseball crowd. It's thirty thousand. Yeah, at 30, least 40, 40, 000. So like, forty. But being able to like you know not tour for in a long time, not be a band like for twenty years, fifteen years. Yeah, I mean they you know they haven't put music out in forever, and you know they're kind of lumped in with all these other hair metal bands. Um, and you know the fact that they can put this movie out and it just makes them so relevant again, and go on this huge tour. It's it's I think it's fantastic. It I think says something about their catalog and them as like rock stars. That yeah, like, no, no, like that they are the quintessential rock stars, and like I'll go on record saying that they created the rock star culture that we know today. Right. I'm not going to yeah. say they they were that. the first rock stars, but they they created the rock star culture of like having tattoos, having big like long hair, uh, 
groupies, drugs, dr- alcohol, drugs, addiction, play. partying. Like they they invented that in, right. in right. the early eighties. Like they that's why they're important. Uh, that's why they've. Um, that's why I'm such a fan of them, and that's why their book is so great. So I, I suggest you read The Dirt. I know I made a lot of suggestions on this podcast. I'm pandering, but it's <laughs> no, it's great. The Dirt. Oh my god, I, dude! When I hear people like suggest stuff on podcasts, I always go at least check it out. Mm-hmm. Trailer on YouTube or yeah. whatever it is. It's just so entertaining, and uh, it is. It's a. It's a. It's a. I personally loved the movie, yeah. but I want to read the book now because I think it's a. It'll be a good read. Yeah. Well, especially like that story. Just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I love that, dude. That's how I get it every time I mention Elvis's name. This, I get very. This this is how they someone got me into reading again because the dirt was like what broke me into reading. I, I hated fucking reading. I never never read books. Yeah, I still can't. And I would say like four or five years ago, probably five years ago, my. I was I was going to uh, if you guys heard of Steel Panther the band yeah dude no Steel Panther's amazing they're like a par- they're a parody parody like, hair, hair metal parody hair, oh. hair metal band which sounds ridiculous but but <laughs> but they sell like a thousand tickets uh, yeah they they're huge huge touring act Hell they've yeah. been around since like well they've been they got they signed to like uh, they signed to Republic like ten years ago a pa- just super parody it's it's pretty good yeah they're good an, for them they're an incredible concert so I was at my brother and I we always go to um, Steel Panther concerts and. We're going with some of my brother's Perfect business name. associates, and his business. My brother's business associate was like, uh, "Have you ever read The Dirt?" I'm like, "No," and he's like, "Do you want to know what the first paragraph of The Dirt is?" And I'm like, oh, "Sure." Okay. And he had it memorized, so he started saying the first paragraph of The Dirt, and it ends with uh, a girl spring or come across the room, which is paragraph one, page one of The Dirt. Right. So. If you're gonna hook, if anyone's gonna hook me on reading, that's the way to do it. <laughs> it's something as outrageous as that. So, needless to say, the book was read two weeks later, and I'm like, I gotta read. I gotta. Look, I, I I was like, if that was heroin, like I needed my next fix. I'm like, what's the next one? So that's when I got into the Anthony Kiedis book. I got into the Keith Richards book. Oh, dude, yeah. Um, I got into um, Diamond Diamond Dave. Uh, what's his name? Dave. From uh, Van Halen, day. Oh yeah, I, well, I can't even remember. His last I know name. who you're talking about. Anyways, lead singer Van Halen. You uh, know what would hook me in? If I'm reading a book, last paragraph. Johnny Sins <laughs> does this. Yeah, there's just so many good rock autobiographies. I just like there. Are, there's a good Jimi Hendrix one. Ozzy right? Osbourne. Oh my God, his book is fantastic. Oh, just finished that. Oh one. right. Yeah, I just finished Slash's book. Slash's book is fantastic. Yeah, uh, they're they're always bestsellers too. They do so well. Well, that age of music is like has such like a romantic it does aura to it. Just like like you said, the Motley Crue, like everything you said is like there no cell phones. There bro. just is that yeah, no rock tech, and roll fucking no like, technology. Let's just do it. The drugs and, more 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 pure. Uh, yeah, the cocaine got you higher. <laughs> right, crazy. <laughs> just just yeah. like just a whole new. I mean, there's no like no no social media to capture you doing bad things as well mm-hmm. yeah all right i can't remember what band it was fuck um it was maybe like the who or maybe the stones i can't remember one of the huge giant rock bands right just like a quick funny story but the the drummer was like so fucked on some drug i can't remember what it was heroin maybe something crazy like that yep. and they had to play a huge show it was like Wembley Stadium like one of the biggest things ever mm-hmm. that they had to have a doctor literally sh- give him adrenaline shots like every 10 minutes so he could make wow. it through the show because they were like that? I know you're talking I know, about I can't, remember, I can't remember who it was but they they were just like yeah we can't afford to not do this so like it's the only way we're going to finish the show yeah and, well wow. they, we, they can't afford to not do the show yeah because it's like there's Six trillion dollars, like we're about to make from this show. Trillions, so trillion. <laughs> so we have to, <laughs> like, we no have to do this. And yeah, so they were just like, "Well, 
get a doctor and just keep this dude awake <laughs> until the end. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's, that's was, insane. That's, that's some next level but <laughs> shit, dude. That's some next really level shit. wild, dude. I know. Have you been, uh, have you been drinking a lot? During during this uh, during quarantine time, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, it's <laughs> I, we it, have two. We've been drinking a lot of tequila and wine. I look forward to two things during the day. One is my morning walk. I started going on neighborhood walks, and nice. I, beautiful. I listened to uh, Malcolm Gladwell books on audiobook. Love it. Headphones. I think I've read all you, of them. How far do you walk? A couple miles. Three miles every morning. You've read all the Malcolm Gladwell books? Yeah, I think all of them. Yeah. I'm just wow. starting. I, I just I started Outliers because I knew it was a Outliers is so good. I knew it was so amazing. I knew it's probably his most famous book. And, what's, uh, what's the Malcolm like? What's the vibe of these books? I'm I'm like actually. It's kind of like uh, I mean, Outliers is about different stories of circumstantial success. So it's it's a, kind of about how like people like Bill Gates, where um, not just how smart he is or how good at computers he is, but the circumstances of like when he was born and the opportunities he was given to become Bill Gates. And there's a million stories like that, but that's wow. why they call it outliers because it's like the outliers yeah. in which these people became who they are based on these circumstances. You would love it because it's all it's it's all stories like that. There's a couple of music ones and different things, and Very that cool. was like like my biggest pet peeve, like. Back in college, would there'd be people that would come in and do master classes, and I would literally ask the same question, like, "Hey, like, how did you get from A to B? Essentially, like, how did you get from here to where you're at now in your music career?" And they would never give like any sort of tangible answer. Just be like, "Yeah, I practiced, and then I was famous." And I'm like, "That wasn't helpful, literally well, at all." Yeah, I mean, and some people don't even realize how they're outliers. Right. And, exactly. And to comment on him, they talked about the Beatles. Yeah. And. They, oh, said, cool. they said, you know, the Beatles were one of the most like like tightest live bands ever. And the way they became one of the best live bands ever is because they used to, in their earlier days, when they were first formed as a band, mm-hmm. they got a gig in, I believe, Hamburg, Hamburg, Germany, Hamburg yeah. Germany, playing for like, they're kind of like, like bordellos or like strip clubs like what were they yeah it was just like all night party things they would play like six or eight hours straight. yeah they play eight, they were forced to play not forced but like they were booked to play eight hours at a time and they would like live upstairs and they would do it for months at a time dude so like imagine playing eight hours a day like five or six days a week maybe even seven days a week for like three months at a time you know like think of all the practice you're getting <sighs> this this reminds me of when i i played restaurants in ohio mm-hmm. when i was in high school and out of high school i play four and a half hour sets yeah, and that's why I'm so good at memorizing lyrics to like any cover that I do. Yeah. instantly I know it mm-hmm. because I sang every song. Well, ever. that's where like the the whole ten thousand hours thing is. The Dude, Blood Blood I did ten thousand hours in Senor Patrons in Pickerington, Ohio. Great restaurant, great chips, <laughs> great chips. Ten thousand hour rule is the Malcolm as from Malcolm Gladwell. Outliers. Oh, that's that's where, that's where that's where it's from. It's where from. it comes from. Yeah, so they're no saying way. like yeah. the Beatles got their ten thousand hours because they got that gig in Hamburg, Germany, and they were forced to do you know ten thousand hours of performing before <sighs> they even came to the United States. Was, yeah, before they were famous, they so they got their there 10, and they were just hours. robots. Perfect. Like, yeah, that's why they're so good. I mean, they're so good uh, performing. That's so cool, man. Mm-hmm. That's so rad. So hey, you would love the book. Yeah, I, I are definitely. You, are you want outliers right now? Yeah, I'm just That's, about finishing. I'm on like the last chapter. Oh, cool! And I, I got, I like the audiobook because Malcolm Gladwell reads it to you. Perfect. Is he still alive? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He has he, a great podcast. He has a podcast too. with Rick Rubin. Dude, it's. I want to listen. Oh, I those know, minds together would I be know. really crazy. I haven't listened to it yet. What is it called? Broken record. Broken I think it's records, called broken I think, record. Yeah. yeah. I want to get into it, but uh, I mean, yeah, those Rick Rubin, God, one of the best producers of all time. His oh, newest dude. book I just finished Legend. a little bit ago. It's called Talking to Strangers. I think he just he just. Uh, oh, I saw, I saw that. Gladwell's yeah. book. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
I don't want to give too much away, but it's really it just talks about the assumptions and the mistakes that we maybe make when we're meeting a new person. Yep. And it's it the uh, the story that it starts off with is like a, a police brutality story. So they talk oh, about nice. like why this policeman ended up doing what he did to, to an innocent girl. And yeah, sort of talks about the he, all of, all of his books are essentially like astonishing research. Yeah, you know, it's like a research paper, but like it's like just very a, in depth and it's very interesting. Yeah, just a crazy, super well written person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyway, so you want morning walks? <laughs> morning, <laughs> morning walks. Oh, you're talking about drinking. Yeah. yeah right. So I I listen to Malcolm Gladwell on morning walks. Uh, I walk for like 40 minutes. Malcolm Gladwell, what is he all about? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you. Um, and then the, the second thing I look forward to is just getting blindly drunk every night. Right. Not even in, not even in a social setting. I mean, it was in a social setting recently because we were doing a beer pong tournament and we won, so we had a lot to celebrate. <laughs> I jumped through a table. <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was a g- good jump too. Did you uh, ruin the table? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it was my. Uh, a lot of people think I've been doing it for a while. My first table jump of all time. Did it hurt? No, not oh, at all. Great, right? The most I've ever felt alive. My oh, my girlfriend was not happy when I said that. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I have never felt so alive jumping through that table. She's like, babe. <laughs> I'm like, you always make everything about you. Hey. Um, but that, yeah, so like once it turns like once my work is done and like seven, eight, nine o'clock rolls around. Yep. Man, your boys your boys drinking something. Some some wine I'm I'm feeling lately. Yeah, right? I'm a wine guy and I'm a, I'm a dark liquor guy. So like nice whiskeys, bur- bourbon, whiskey, scotch. Nice. A little bit of that on the rocks. You're 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 that too. I'm a whiskey guy. I'm I'm a tequila yeah. guy through and through. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the burn. I love the the upperness of it. But I will say I've started to become a bourbon guy because of you. Yeah, I'll have a glass and I'll be like, that's just yeah. pretty good. Bourbon's fantastic. Um, we we have sort of a mutual friend. I haven't talked to him for a long time. But we have a mutual friend in Lewis Bell. And yeah. is this is this how you guys became best friends with Post Malone? Was through Lewis? Is that how you get connected? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, Lou is on the same like management label that Mike's on. Electric Feel. Electric Feel. Right. Uh, Mike is the one who brought Lou out to LA and got him signed with Electric Feel. That's cause, so Because cool, Mike man. was signed to them first. And I mean, Lou, Lou like, such a beautiful Lou's mind. Lou's like the, the... I know that name, yeah. Yeah, he's like the mm-hmm. biggest, pr- literally the biggest he, producer. He is the biggest producer Post in the world. Post Malone, Camila, uh, Maroon 5, I think, probably. He's on everything. He's been literally everything. Yeah, like, the Jonas can, Brothers album, the Taylor yeah. Swift album. Like He's, he's been on everything. He, it's crazy. Yeah, he's it's incredible. so crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lou, Lou's from the town over for me. He went to middle school with my brother. Great. Um, we didn't really know about each other until he started working with Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of connected the dots. We're like, oh, like, you know my brother and like you live town over for me. He was like very much just like a, you know, Boston townie. Right. Working with like local talent. And, you know, like... The fact that like we got we got him out to LA and you know he giving him like the resources that he needed and like working with the people he needed to work with cool he like he I of course he flourished he's like he's he's just like I don't know I can't really explain it you like knew he was going to always yeah he's just like he's just a genius with certain things like right uh, it's kind of hard to explain but like he's he's he can he's pitch perfect like he can sing any note to you Um, he can he has a photographic memory. Um, and like, he's very meticulous with the way he produces, like his samples, he says every sample under the sun, completely like organized and like on a hard drive. And like, if you asked him for one sound, he could sift through thousands of sounds and find that one sound, Oh, that type of thing. So I I worked with Lou in 2015. We, Mm -hmm. we did a song together Mm -hmm. and, um, this, uh, the song never came out, him and Brian Lee. And 
it was awesome and the song never came out but i remember how like quick and like crazy like just just like yep. like on it he was and then fast forward maybe a year and a half like two years later mm-hmm. i start seeing hit song bluebell 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 and i'm like yeah, oh man. my lord yeah, I mean, it's, it's a product wow. of how amazing he is and how great Electric Feel is. Because, I mean, Electric Feel is just so connected right. with, you know, especially with Post and with everyone they work with. Are they still in that same spot? Uh, yeah, I believe right on the sunset. We so. hope, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I, I'm yep. pretty sure they're still there. We used to record out of there, but then Mike got the home studio. Yeah, I did. Home um, studio. I'm I'm almost doing all, most, well, now these days, but I'm, I'm starting to shift over to doing everything at home, too. It's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something you can... I comment on this, but I think that there's like something special to like recording yourself alone. Yeah, there and is. Creating music alone, creating anything alone, really. I feel like um, you can try more shit where you're like not worried about like, you know, you know it, five writers watching you like sing a, a weird tone. Yeah, and you can say like, oh, yeah. I'm comfortable. Like, I, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable if I'm around people, but I don't think you're like truly yourself, yourself or creating things like completely and authentically unless you're by yourself. Um, you can try weird shit that literally that's my biggest thing is like, yeah. I'm going to try this weird nasally tone that I would not try if I was with this big producer just because I feel self-conscious maybe. Yeah. Can I get naked and record? And I oh, dude, I've, done it. It, I've done it. I've, rec- <laughs> I've, I've recorded a song naked. I started the shower. Do you really? <laughs> I, well, I started the shower, got yeah. naked about it, uh, and then I went and like sat down like was like playing, and I came with Melody. You shower naked? <laughs> I think I'm the only guy who does. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing, but I but oh, I man. proceeded to record a verse naked. Yeah, that's awesome. That's I actually knew it was a good time. I looked in the in my my full length closet mirror <laughs> myself. Yeah, I thought what have I what have my life come to? Yeah, my, Mike uh, Mike stresses that he comes up with all his best thinking in the shower. I I say I come up with all my best thinking on the toilet. So yeah. that's, a, that's a battle at our house going on right now. I'm a big toilet <laughs> TikTok star. Like I'm I'm oh. I'm not star actually, but I but I <laughs> I, I I am a. Dude, TikTok has really done real, real bad things to me recently. I can't stop. You're, you're in pretty deep. It's my. I looked at my screen time yesterday for the last week, and number one most used app is TikTok, and I never thought that would happen. I don't understand that app. Oh, wait, See, wait. I don't get it either. We're using it a lot. I mean, Mike wants. Dude, there's a song. You're, one of your one of Mike's songs is 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 a uh, yeah. It's like a slowed down version of Swish. Swish, yeah. That I mean, at one, at one point, that was the most viral song on TikTok. Right. Oh, yeah. At first time, they came out four years ago, which is kind of weird. Dude, that's what that's what happens, though. I know. I have a friend, Sam Fisher, who I write all my music with, and he has a song called "This City." Um, it's a beautiful song, but it it came out in 2017, and it just la- like late last year blew up on TikTok, mm-hmm. millions of uses. Yeah. Like really, and it just sent, and he got signed, and it was crazy. Yeah, he blew up big time. Yeah. Good dude. Yeah. Same with uh, Roxanne, that song. Dude, uh, Arizona, like you, yeah. you probably known Arizona for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, I could tell a lot of stories about him. I mean, he, I would assume you guys were maybe in the same circle. He, uh, he was a huge fan of Mike a long time nice. ago, and he uh, did he ever did he ever perform with? Yeah, he opened a few of our shows in Baltimore, where he's from. Hell yeah! Um, and he's he's very good friends with uh, my buddy Neek, who's an incredible engineer and producer. He works with Little Skies and a bunch of other people now, uh, like Landon Cube and a bunch of people. But Neek, Neek, N E E K. Yeah, does he have like a tag? What's his producer tag? I have no idea. I, I know you're talking. Uh, oh, not not knickknack. I mean, he has a big song with Twenty Four Golden now too, the City of Angels song. Oh, dude, that's also yeah, taken yeah. off on on TikTok. Yeah, so like, yeah, Neek Neek worked on that. Um, anyways, awesome. So Neek and and Arizona were like good friends growing up, and uh, I'd known them forever. They were fans of Mike, and I actually, when I was starting out as a producer, I used to do these contests where I'd I'd make a beat and like people would have to 
like have rap contests over them and like the Great. winner would get a free would get brought to New York and get a free music video. Hell yeah. So oh, Arizona wow. actually won the the first or second one ever, I think. You did a video for him? And yeah, he came to New York, him and Neek and a couple other people came to New York and he won a free music video, which is no longer on YouTube because yeah. back then everything is wet. Off. <laughs> back then Arizona was uh, a little put he had a little baby fat. Of course, yeah, 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 he, yeah. He looked a little. He looks good now. He, oh my god! If you if you compare it to how he used to look to now, he's like a fucking. He's got a cool look, and he's that, a fucking playboy now. That song, <laughs> man that that one was the one that was probably the biggest song to ever come from TikTok so far. Maybe. Oh yeah, but I mean, a lot Rockstar. of the, a lot of these TikTok things are like marketing strategies. You know, like like I, I know a lot 100%. of Asian, I know a lot of agencies that you, know, you can pay them and like they'll you know disperse it through a bunch of. T- I mean, we we've done it a few times as well, um, especially I'm for doing like, the same thing, yeah. for like Mike Sung these days. And then once Swish started to take off, like organically, we we started to like, you know, we, we started to pump money into it just because to get right. it more and companies more that have all these influencers and creators that'll yeah throw your song in a video mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, it's a good it's a yeah. good tool. But it's it's funny, man. Like it's funny watching people like. Jason Derulo and like Lizzo do Mike's song. Bro, it's am- it's amazing. <laughs> it's got to be a trip. Especially dude. Derulo. I was I, I was a huge Derulo fan. <laughs> I was a huge Derulo fan. Jason Derulo. <laughs> Jason Derulo. Beluga Heights. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I love J.R. Rodham. J.R. Rodham is like one of my favorite producers. J.R. is really awesome. J.R. Oh, dude, that's... It's a legendary high school. Oh, what you say? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Did JR do a do um na, 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 every day? Yeah, like, replay. I replay. Yep. replay. I yes. replay. Yep. I my, yes. my friend wrote that song. Really? August Rigo. It was a, August. It was a bit. He he literally will. Uh, he said he just gets random checks from like the Eagles or the or like Shit. A t- uh, the Texans. Like just random. They use it for the replays. They just <laughs> use it all the time in the stadium. It's like yeah. one of those, and it's like. I love three hundred and one dollars from the Eagles, <laughs> just randomly. I love that song, dude. It's it, it's one of my favorites. Shoddy is like a melody in my head. I wish you could still use Shoddy in a song. <laughs> you can't. There was a time, dude. Yeah, there was a time. Ten, ten years, we've gone. We're a very different place ten years ago. I think. I think Sean Kingston can still say it and get away with it. Right. Right. Yeah. Because he's he's <laughs> king Jamaican, of the number one. The he's got the one like, hit wonders, dude. <laughs> I think Flo Rida was the king of the one hit wonders. Yeah, but he had like two. He had like two, two hit. No, not one hit wonder. Sorry, yeah, he was the king of like the singles. He would never put an album out. He would only put out. Oh yeah, he put out. (laughs) It was funny. I was actually looking at stuff the other day. In his album, his last album he put out is literally eight singles. It's just all bangers. Yep. Might as well. Oh, too good, dude. It was so good. Big Florida guy. Um, we have we have one more question for you, John. Okay. Uh, one word to describe your mood today. God, I want to say horny so bad. Um, you can. I'm not, no, I won't. I, I'm more creative than that. Now you know where his mind is? Um, serendipitous. Probably. From horny to serendipitous. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the best uh, The best one word on our podcast so far. Serendipitous. That's a really great word. What yeah. about yours? Um, I'm going to go with productive again. I've used that before. You've used it pretty much every time. I had a good day today. Uh, mine is relaxed. I was at a very oh, relaxing go. day very because nice. I, you know, when I know that we have something, when I know that we have a podcast, uh, in these weird times, it gives me sort of a structure. So I was able to work out, go to the grocery store, you know, just like have a real schedule for once, which I miss. And it gives you a reason to shower. <laughs> Jeez. Hopefully. You're That's so a true. It gives us a reason to, I mean, <laughs> yeah. 
first first shower in weeks, dude. It's been crazy. Like when you when we feel sk- great. We naked sk- too. You shower naked. I was naked. Today. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you texted me today, you're like five thirty still cool, and I'm like I'm like yeah, and then I turn the shower on. I'm like it's gonna be a good day. <laughs> like you got something to do. Then. It's gonna be a good. We were just today. talking about that inside. Like <laughs> if I get like if I if I film two TikToks. I'll sit on the couch at night and be like, it's been a nice, it's been a productive <laughs> ass day. God, I hate it. I, I like just, if you do like, if you do a hundred pushups, you're like, I'm fucking, I feel sh- good. Today I'm shredded. Have you felt that at all? Like we were, I know we already did our classic last question, but we'll ask another question, I guess. Um, but we were just talking about this earlier and I just feel like there's this, this new, this level of mediocrity where that's like the new standard almost. Yeah. Where, if you get something done in these days, it's great. And, it, and that's like the exact like I'll I you know I practice drums like every day I try to do that a lot but if I do it like for an hour I'll feel like so good about myself now or if I'll run a mile I'll feel so great when, yeah when before the, the level is was, has diminished yeah a lot it could also just be the California mentality you know maybe <laughs> just smoking be. all day I mean I I was in New York City before this and I can tell you like oh dude I I was I mean, even maybe the way I was raised with like the whole Northeastern mentality. It's yeah. like, if I'm not cold and mad, if I'm not <laughs> exactly like a little bitter, I got this shit done. Like if I'm not like just striving towards something or like working on something, I feel guilty a little bit. You yeah. Know? Oh, I we, exactly how I am. It's been, it's been a, it's been a definitely a transition to, to kind of get, it was a way, I mean, definitely the way you're raised, but every time I visit New York, I wake up at 9 a.m. I'm cruising till 11 p.m. Yeah. And I don't, and then I realize, oh, it's been 14 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. And then you're done. And, and like as a freelancer, like it's, you know, you feel guilty if you're not putting everything you right, have yeah, towards. Right. And you, I mean, I, I can never give myself a break. I have to force myself to be like, no, I'm not going to work on anything. I'm just going to like, Watch a little bit of Hulu, a little Pornhub, like chill out. <laughs> Pornhub Premium free. Johnny Sins. <laughs> Watch Porn- a little Johnny Sins. Pornhub Premium was free on Valentine's Day. They do it every Valentine's Day. Is it Day. free still because of this quarantine? I, 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 I don't know. I don't think so. Oh. If anything, okay. I think if anything, I think their stock is rising. They're they're getting more people to pay for Pornhub Premium because everyone's stuck home. JohnnySins.com. <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> Not Could a be. sponsor. But he but for Cameo, go check yeah. out yeah. Johnny like Cameo. Too good. <laughs> um, I guess we're gonna we're gonna both ask you uh, our you know our podcast is called Wins Lunch. We're gonna both ask you Wins Lunch, and then uh, we'd love for you to reply with "You tell us, Matheson." One, two, three. Wins, Wins lunch. lunch. You tell us, John Kelmer. Thank you so Woo! much, dude. Wins lunch. Wins lunch. Wins lunch. Oh no.